Today, I welcome Migdalia van der Hoven to the In Conversation with podcast for women in jazz media. Migdalia is an international award-winning Mexican drummer currently touring with Six the Musical across the UK. She is known for her groove sensitivity and versatility across multiple genres such as funk, jazz, Latin, pop and Christian music. I am speaking to Migdalia today. She's got a hood up. She's a bit cold, but she's here. How are you, Migdalia? Hello, Hannah. Um, super happy to be um, part of your podcast today. Thanks for having me. And yes, I, I feel a bit cold, but uh, I think it will definitely go away uh, after chatting about lots of cool stuff, isn't it? Yay, good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is horrible here. It's chucking it down with rain. It's cold. So it must be similar where you are. Where are you at the moment? Well, I am in Chichester. Uh, we we just um, had opening night with Six, the musical, last night. And I'm meant to be here the full week until Sunday. So, yeah, lovely city. Nice, actually. I've played with you in Chichester. Yes, yes, you did. Well, it was it was such a great, um, what was it, a quintet or sextet? Sextet, yeah, we put yes. it's like a scratch band sextet, wasn't it? Yes, uh, for the Chichester Jazz Festival. When was this? Like back in July? Yeah, in the summer. It was warm. It was definitely. I miss those days. Oh, yeah, me too. And how cool that you're back in Chichester and we're chatting. That's really freaky, actually. I know, I know. I mean, it was funny because I, as soon as I arrive. I, I thought of you, you know, and I'm like, oh, I remember the last time I was here. Um, mm. So, yeah, I hope I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Yeah, me too. So uh, you're in Chichester this week with Six. Where were you last? Well, I was in London um, playing at the London Jazz Festival with my quartet um, during the weekend. It was uh, Thursday, Thursday and Friday. So we were at Toulouse Lautrec um, playing the, the London Jazz Festival as part of the Women in Jazz Media, uh, Women That Inspire series. Yeah. Inspire series. Great. And then did you have any other gigs as well at the London Jazz Festival? I did. I, I actually played with Fiona Ross as a guest artist for her London Jazz Festival gig. Uh, it was at Jazz Cafe Posk. It was really, really good. Right. I love those gigs because uh, it's not about me. <laughs> so I just rock up. I have, well, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you have the excitement, but it doesn't fall on me 100%. So those gigs are very enjoyable. And I can sit down and enjoy the music as well, which is really nice. And very odd, isn't it? When, when you're performing so many times and so many days that um is uh, at least for me it's really rare that that I get to go to um other people's gigs so it's it's really nice when when you have that opportunity yeah how does it feel actually I even find it sometimes with my gigs I um I've started on my tour doing um playing the head of one song and then I sit out and I let the band take over and I just love listening to them it's so nice because normally you're you're with, kind of within the mix and just to go to the side or go to the back and watch them it's really you just appreciate how amazing the people on stage with you are don't you yeah 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 I mean I cannot do that for obvious reasons 
<laughs> yeah. Because it would definitely look like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know what I'm playing, but um, it is an amazing feeling just to appreciate other people's talents and, you know, what they can do and they can bring and, you know, just the the, the whole atmosphere, you know, from a, from a concert or a gig. Yeah, so you could do that with Fiona's, you could, you could appreciate them and then jump up. Yes, yes, it was the best setup. It was really good. Nice. And did you did you enjoy both venues? Were they different? How did that work? What was it like with the, between the two? Well, I haven't been to Jazz Cafe Post before. It's a lovely venue. Really, really, really like um, everything about it. is is really nice, and um, the the crowd was good as well. And obviously, I I really enjoyed Fiona's music. Um, and then for my gig, uh, well, we we know Toulouse Lautrec quite well. Uh, really love there, uh, Nolan and and everyone. Um, it was a special night for us because um, we launched um, our album live, and it was the first time that we performed those um, tunes live. So there was that stress and excitement of it because it's really complicated music, and um, just choosing a very a uh, good event you know which is the london jazz festival like you know to to do that um it, it was really it, yeah it was it was amazing and it actually went really well and uh we had a great response you know people were like when is your album coming out like we need to have it and i'm like that is amazing because you know i just smacked them with like um different uh all time signatures <laughs> you know like in one song there are like three and people have no idea what was going on um and they enjoy that you know which is really fantastic um the i think that a lot um of my music um it's complicated music but we make it sound accessible to people so it's it's really nice it always keeps you with a nice challenge and um sort of on your toes but at the same time people can appreciate it and can listen to it. It's not difficult to listen to, you know, like for instance, experimental jazz or something like that, you know? So very pleased, it went really well and we had a great response and we had an amazing time. Do you prefer playing your original music? Is that what you love to do? Um, can you repeat that again? Do you prefer playing your original music? Is that what you oh, love yeah, to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because most of our, most of my gigs are they're usually mixed, you know, with um, original and covers or standards. But this time we actually played all original and, you know, maybe two or three tunes by the Yellow Jackets um, that we really love. Um, but most of it was already, you know, um, hours and we managed to change the set for the first time um, to to make it just you know this is this is the Migdala van der Hoeven Quartet you know uh, and this is our original music and as I said the people were very pleased and very receptive and um, I cannot wait for my next gig which is actually next week um, two of them um, one of them on Wednesday at uh, the crypt. I don't know if you heard of the um jazz lates that they do. Uh -huh. So that's on Wednesday and on Friday. I'm actually at Jazz Cafe Posk um uh with a quartet of us, so a double um gig week. Um, yeah, yeah, which is nice because we're, we're we're doing we're doing exactly the same set. So 
um, it's like a little mini tour that we're doing to promote the 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 album, um, which is coming out very soon. So that's the second of December, and that's a jazz cafe posk, which is part of the Women in Jazz Media. They're hosting one a month there, aren't they? The residency that they're doing, yes. Great. So we had uh, Amy first, then we had, I think, Esther. Yes. Esther Bennett, and then you. Yeah. No, great, great place, great venue, um, really nice atmosphere. And uh, I love it when venues have their own kit because I don't have to bring mine. So <laughs> so my writing has uh, a lot to do with that. No, yeah. Just kidding. How does that feel, though? Because uh, I've had, I hadn't really thought about it much, to be fair. I always take my instruments with me. And then I had um, an incident recently where part of the drum kit wasn't complete and so we had to I had to improvise on the spot so in the end I had to order the part from a drum shot and get it sent over in an uber to the venue just in time for the gig and I thought oh my goodness how stressful for a drummer to be told there's a kit there and then turn up and perhaps not be there like that must be an anxious drive or journey to the venue and then I thought must be the same for a pianist what do you do if it's out of tune like you can't kind of your hands are tied and and how does that feel being a drummer and being told there's a kit and aren't you a bit worried or, or you I guess you're used to it tell me well I always sort of double check if I haven't been to that venue uh, I uh, I post things online on Facebook asking people that have played there before first of all the condition of the drum kit and what do you need to bring? Because when they say breakables, it can mean a lot of things, even though it doesn't, it does. Um, and because every part of the drum kit is essential. Like for instance, you cannot play it without a pedal. You cannot play it without the clutch. You cannot play it without a snare, uh, which actually this weekend and even yesterday, uh, well, sorry, on Monday, all of those things happened to me. Like uh, oh. they, said, yeah, they said, there is a kit and then it had no snare. And I'm like, oh, and then people still tell me, oh, can you just get, um, you know, try to play without a snare? And I'm like, can you try to play your sax without a mouthpiece? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, just just leave it like that. Don't try to, I'll try to sort it out. And then I had a rehearsal and uh, they also said that there, that there was a drum kit and I double checked and I asked. So I rock up and there are no cymbals. So I'm like, oh, man. So then, you know, I usually bring stuff with me. Mm. You know, the things that I know, like I have a clutch in the car, I have a clutch in my handbag, and I have a clutch in my um, stick bag. Um, that's the small things. But, you know, when it is something like a pedal or a snare or cymbals, you know, if I don't know the venue, I just bring mine just in case. And then I just leave them on the side. And, because sometimes they do happen and it doesn't sound very good. Um, so I do, I do bring those essential things, you know, that that I know that might be missing. Um, but yeah, it's always a, a gamble, isn't it? And um, sometimes you, if you leave them in the car, something like they might break in. So there's so many things. So if I don't know the venue, I just ask people that have played there and uh, take it from there but luckily I managed to sort it out and it was easier than your story <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that sounds rough um 
uh, just getting an Uber for Mr. Clutch, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and okay, I sound a bit dense here, but I, I'm not um, that familiar with a drum kit. So I assumed it was going to be this big bit of, you know, in-depth machinery for a drum and it was like in a tiny little packet. So this Uber driver must have, I mean, three of them refused it. They accepted and then I was like, oh my God, it's not even going to get, get picked up and the, sh the shop was closing oh. and 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 then then the guy walked in and it was like this little packet I was like all of that hassle just for four centimeters squared of wrapping yeah yeah and I mean it is so essential you know especially in jazz like what do you do you know like uh with a hi-hat without a without a clutch and it's not something that you say okay I'm just gonna play engineer today and I'm gonna try to work something out like no it's so it's so particular you know that I wouldn't even think of I mean maybe with a nail and screws or something but even that like you know yeah it's it's just really rough and stressful so um yeah I think what I did you know I just brought my own drum kit to the next gig <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like just to avoid issues um and you know, I do have a system uh, because sometimes you might forget it yourself, you know. Uh, so there's always like, okay, first these go and then these and then these, you know. So, um, yeah, it was all sorted and, you know, everybody was happy. So, yeah, that's good. I think as a, as a musician, it's a nightmare when someone says, oh, I've loaded the car early or I'll take your stuff out because you it's in the wrong order and you can't do the idiot check as you either load to go to a gig or come back and yes. and people are trying to be helpful but it's mm. your method isn't it of making sure you've got everything absolutely yeah yeah I, I definitely work like that and, and people you know they're like okay well I was just trying to cover them like, yeah I I appreciate that but uh I do need to make sure that everything is in um so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you say you've got um, two gigs coming up and they're all original music. So how would you describe your style? How, what's the style of the new album? So it's pure jazz fusion. Um, so it varies from a little bit of funk and rock and obviously jazz. Um, there's a, a, a bit of um, Latin jazz in there. But the songs or the tunes are sort of a mix of different things and uh, different time signatures and stuff so it is really interesting and uh, it is very groovy as well um, I don't know if you listened to to the EP uh, we brought back those tunes as well to be part of the album and everything is sort of the whole idea and concept of it is called uh, point of departure and it takes you through a journey um, that lots of locations and sort of geographical uh, elements are included in there. So, for instance, one of the tunes is called um, um, Cruising Down the PCH, you know, and uh, like PCH is a highway um, in, in the States. And uh, another one, obviously, Point of Departure, you start there. And um, uh, it, it, yeah, it, 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 we we added like girl facing south for instance and then savannah rain like it takes you to different places different flavors different um textures of of music uh yeah that that combine different elements but with um with a certain um sort of concept or place so um and, and yeah another of the uh, yeah another tune is called 
GMT, which is um, golden mean time. Uh, so all of it is just related. And um, even though there's complete different sort of grooves and uh, tastes and, and things like that in, in, in each song, they all sound like my style, you know what I mean? So like uh, they all sound part of what the Migdalev and the Common Quartet will play. And it's very, I mean, we we get lots of inspiration from um, the Yellow Jackets and um, sort of that um, West Coast style um, jazz fusion. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting uh, digging into that clip. Did you start with the concept of the album being that kind of geographical based inspiration or did it just happen? What was the the kind of the thought process that went into that? Um, yeah, I think it just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a plan to finish with a tune called Home, you know, where it actually just lands you there. Uh, but we didn't, we left that one out in the end. Uh, there was not enough time uh, to include it because of um, uh, recording time and studio time and all that. Um, but even without it, you know, it still gives you an idea um, from where is it taking you. And I wanted to include my EP tunes as well because those were recorded literally in the middle of the pandemic. So we recorded them live at Toulouse Lautrec and uh, even though they, they sound very nice and, and um, it was very decent, you know, considering all the um, all the um, elements of, you know, that, that affected, you know, that a lot of things were closed. Um, I wanted a studio version. So um, we actually, I was not planning on recording an album, but we, we got um, an opportunity and somebody offered to uh, record us at Abbey Road Studio. So obviously, you know, that was a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, we are going to record an album then. And um, yeah, it was actually meant to be um, launched in the summer, but um, with the tour and, and everything that's going um, on right now, I it's been so busy. Um, then I decided, you know what, there's there's no rush. I'd rather, you know, um, enjoy the process as well instead of just releasing something, you know, just because I, I have, have to, you know what I mean? So we've taken our time and uh, we were making sure that it, it sounds really, really nice and um, that is, you know, properly done um, in every in every aspect, you know, so... Um, yeah, we're, we already launched this, as I said, um, live, all the tunes are out, mm -hmm. uh, but the, all the digital stuff and platforms and, and the official release um, uh, of the album uh, will, will come in, in a few weeks' time, um, yeah, before the end of the year, most definitely. So tell me more about the Abbey Road thing. So you said someone offered to record you. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah. so we we found this guy online we got in touch and um he used to uh study and work there and he was looking for um for a band or a quartet or someone to record you know and uh, we had music um and uh we had like four or five original tunes that you know we've been using and the ep uh, tune so 
you know, we say, yeah, right. Uh, and then uh, it, it, everything started just sort of um, growing. And then I said, well, let's might as well just record an album. And uh, that's when all the writing happened um, within weeks. And then we had um, just a, a, few, a few days to, to, to rehearse all of those things. So we actually had to divide it in two. Um, we recorded the first part back in the summer and then we recorded the second one uh, not long ago. Um, so yeah, it's it's just right now it's in the works, you know, and it's, it's getting ready. So it was a great opportunity. I mean, I, I, I never thought I was gonna have the, the, you know, the privilege of recording there. and. Uh, it's a lovely place and I couldn't believe I was in, you know, even when I was outside, I'm like, sure, this is a scam, like it's too good to be run. And it was, you know, it's one of those uh, surreal moments, isn't it? And then the gate opened just for us. We were in, we, um, we got all the security things and they actually, you have to sort of submit uh, a few things online and then you can just hang out and, the, the sad thing is that you cannot record anything or take any photos, but there's evidence that I did record at Abbey Road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was it was lovely. I mean, I'm sure that there were uh, very famous people there recording as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really grateful for that. And uh, yeah, it's something that, uh, an experience that I, not just me, but everyone in my quartet will never forget. Great, fantastic. Yes. So, yeah, um, I cannot wait to share it with you or I cannot wait for you to come to one of my gigs. Yeah. Or to be a guest in one of my gigs. That would be really nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, with uh, Barry. Yeah, Belle can, Belle can come out. She she gets around a bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that'd be cool. So how is it? I was thinking about this today, actually, because I know you outside of... Uh, uh, I met you through Women in Jazz Media and Fiona, didn't I? Yes. But um, we chat a bit outside of the jazz world as, as well, although we play together a bit. And um, I was thinking it must be really tricky for you juggling, being on tour with Six and doing your gigs and also being a parent. Yeah, it's been something. <laughs> um, we're still okay and everybody is happy. Um but it's been really hard work. And I think that, um, yeah, I need to be credit, like credit where it's due, as I said, um, to my husband, who's also a musician. And um, he's the one sort of really making all of this happen because he's the one looking after my kids at the moment. Um, I do go back and forth quite a lot. So I am not touring properly like everyone else, um, if that makes sense, like, um, as in moving from one city to the other, I always go back to London, check in, spend a few days and then start the tour again. So that just adds to the whole traveling tiredness of like having absolutely zero days to rest. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also an amazing opportunity, a different world completely. And uh, I am actually very grateful that there's the flexibility for musicians um, in the theater uh, industry uh, to to be able to also um, do other other gigs, to do other kind of um, 
of music and I think that helps a lot especially like with your mental health and everything because just playing the same thing every single night I mean even though it's a fantastic show and you know it never gets old you know like uh, to me I find it quite quite fun because it's quite tricky and challenging I do have to have uh something else you know mm. as a as a creative as a as a, as a drummer you know and um to me first of all well I put so much effort and sacrifice into my quartet that just putting it on hold I don't think it would be fair um especially with all the opportunities and projects that I already had sort of booked before I got um the contract with with six um so I think just finding a balance um and uh well I would say not overdoing it but I mean <laughs> who doesn't overdo it um you know like just I think that there are stages in 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 life especially in a musician's life uh, that you know where when it is your moment and your opportunity and you just have to really you know um push and go for it you know and I think this is mine so I'm just trying my best you know to do everything with the best quality but at the same time, try to cover everything because uh, it's important, you know, to keep those things happening. Um, and yeah, like I said, to find, um, yeah, that balance of like doing different things, not just one um, every single night. Because yeah, that's, you lose lots of skills, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. 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 But it has worked out. Um my family they're they're fine obviously they're my priority and uh sometimes I you know I I'm also very blessed to have a a, a fantastic um team of um depths that can jump in at any time so sometimes you know if one of my girls gets a little bit under under the weather or something I I, I can easily just go back home and somebody will come and play the show as as with with the same quality and even you know even better sometimes so like uh because they're fresh um so yeah it 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 is it is uh a good setup and uh it has worked so far good and i see aren't your aren't your girls then i think i saw on social media they're taking up instruments or they were trying out instruments or something are they musical too Yes, they are. Um, both of them, actually. And uh, well, my eldest, obviously, you know, first child and, you know, you you follow every single milestone. And like, um, it is a funny story because uh, I've, I've been teaching her drums ever since she was like two or something. And now she's taking um, proper lessons at, at school. Um, and obviously, she's already she has some, a massive advantage just because she has a drum kit at home. Um, and because she already sort of knew how to how to read and, and, and all of that. Um, but, you know, because my little one is three years younger, so she was always sort of a baby, a baby, a baby. So it was, you know, me teaching her, but she would just be sitting there and, you know, watching TV or just trying to ignore us. So there was this time um, we were visiting family uh, in Mexico and I have a drum kit over there and I obviously, you know, the grandparents would be like, oh, come on, Sophia is my eldest. Sophia, play some drums for us. And she's like, no, 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 please, no. So my little one, she's like, I'll play. And 
you know, we all know that, I mean, she hasn't had any lessons or anything. I'm like, no, Hannah, it's okay, you know. <laughs> so, oh, I want to play, I want to play. And we all thought that she was just going to hit everything. So she sits there and my brother is a pianist, so he starts playing Twinkle Twinkle. And she just started grooving with it, you know. So just from watching the sister take lessons, she actually knew how to play, which was so funny. Um, so yeah, they they're both very interested in in, um, in drums, but um, to me, it's important, you know, just to expose them to to different um, instruments and see which one, um, other than drums, <laughs> obviously, uh, fits and. Um, yeah, uh, we we had double basses at home, and now uh, it, there's a bit of an obsession with the flute. So um, the piano is there. So yeah, we're just letting it happen as well. If there, I I believe if kids are in the um, in a musical or an artistic environment, they, they just pick up things quite quickly if you give them the tools and you know just the time um, to develop those skills. It's mm. great. Yeah, so I might have a, a guest artist, you know, <laughs> very, very young guest artist. So, yeah, it'll be the dream to play with my kids, you know, someday. You know what you should do? You should get one of them into percussion and then you can stick on drums and they can come in, do the percussion. That'd be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so uh, right now, like the, the thing that they do best is being my roadies. So they they do, <laughs> they know the system, though. I get. So I, know, I know I'm not gonna forget anything. So they do help, and they willingly do it. Now I'm sure that's gonna change. Um, yeah, and not even long from now. So that's good. Yeah. So, uh, as I said at the top, you are Mexican. So how how did you start off in Mexico, learn the drums, and then end up here? Well, that's a long story, but um, so. As I said, right now, being in the environment, isn't it? Like my my mom is a pianist and my brother as well. My dad, um, he sings, you know, not professional or anything, but my mom um, did play. Um, so I was always sort of um, in that environment. My mom sorting out like church bands and um, doing that, that sort of stuff. So um, I just pick up the drums one day and it just, you know, started sort of snowballing um and um snowballing yeah and um i started taking lessons and you know um sort of getting more interested obviously in mexico there's um not a system like here like that kids can pick up instruments easily even like from schools or anywhere especially you know being a female drummer which is quite odd uh and and mexico yeah it's even even worse than, than here and uh anyway i had i had the platform because uh i could play at church uh quite a lot and it was actually a very good thing because um there was a lot of um different styles so uh that made me very versatile just pick up things on the go so i went um, to uni, I studied business, uh, and uh, I had the chance to go to Boston to um, study something else re related to to business administration and finance. And while I was there, I, I would see all the kids, you know, with Berkeley T-shirts and stuff, and I'm like, oh man, because my brother did go to a conservatory um, in 
in the States, you know, I always had that little thing, but I said, oh, well, I don't have sort of like the, the background, like many kids here that, you know, they like, or here that, that you, um, uh, that you have all the system and you're like, okay, I'm grade six, I'm grade seven, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's nothing like that over there. So, um, graduated from school, from, um, university and, uh, that summer, because it, it was so busy, uh, all the years before I said, oh, I'm just going to take one or two months off before I, you know, start working or, or something like that in that field. So my brother suggested I should do uh, sort of a five-week program at, at Berkeley uh, in the summer. So I, I looked into it. I went there last minute. So I got there and I'm like, oh, this is heaven. You know, <laughs> like, this is so amazing. Like, I think I went to the wrong university when I came here. So anyway, I had a blast and um, they did auditions uh, at the end of the of the course. And uh, then little did I know that, you know, I went back to Mexico, got a letter, an acceptance letter with a bit of a scholarship. I literally just graduated from my other degree. So I'm like, uh, mom, dad, um, <laughs> how can I put this nicely? But because there are musicians, you know, of course they understood. You know, I had that at Banacheca. So I, I went to Berkeley after that. So um, it was it was one of those things that were, uh, it's a yellow moment, but at the, very scary at the same time, but I it always felt right. And um, yeah, I, I sort of caught up uh, with a lot of things uh, and a lot of things started make, making sense for me. So I actually did very well. I ended up like in Dean's lists and stuff like that. Like, and I was always thinking, you know, I, I don't know how I ended up here, you know, but um, it was all there. It just needed, you know, sort of that guidance or just people explaining it to me for it to make sense. So then the, my last year, I met my husband um, very randomly. And then it was sort of a, that movie-like love story. And then <laughs> we got engaged um, not long after. He was living here. And then um, we, yeah, we got engaged. And then we, we came to the UK. And yeah, that's it. It was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. so I've been in the, in the UK for 10 years. And uh, uh, I finally, you know, managed to... Um, live um from music um only and it was actually during the pandemic when I decided to do that which was the worst time it was the best time as well so yeah things just um lined up nicely and now I'm 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 doing this you know we're, we're, it, there has been lots of obstacles lots of things but I always believe like hard work you know if you keep pushing, you know, you, you get something might not be what you wanted, but it's definitely something, um, you know, takes you somewhere. Mm. Yeah. It's, it is a constant, a constant striving, isn't it? To always keep that moving, that momentum going forward. Yeah. 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 It's hard being, being a musician, being an artist is hard, but it's always very rewarding when you see, you know, all the, all the good things it brings, all the good people you meet, um, all the success, you know, and uh, really satisfying. Really. And how do you find being a female artist in the current world? 
Well, I mean, it has always been a struggle. Um, I think for everyone, um, I do feel that it just falls a little bit harder for people that play weird quote, quote unquote instruments. Um, I do still believe that, you know, not a lot has changed. The only thing that has changed is actually women coming together and um, bringing our own opportunities, opening up our own opportunities instead of like just waiting to get um, into sort of this boys club or something. Uh, it doesn't happen. Like most of my gigs do come, you know, from from women or from women based, you know, um, for instance, this show, you know, it, it is the best example. Mm. Um, but it obviously, it has an impact because it's more, it's normalized, you know, it's more normal to see female musicians doing really amazing stuff. So I think that it will slowly just bring a bit of change, but I still think that um, that it is not uh, very equal or it's not very easy, you know, just to get by or, you know, get opportunities. Like, um, I feel that we have to work a hundred times more, you know, than, than someone, you know, like a, a man, you know, so. But um, that also, not that I feel better, <laughs> but that also makes you a better musician, you know, and then you can just rock up and do things because you have to, you don't have the luxury of making a single mistake. So that at least in my case, you know, I, I became very efficient in what I do and uh, very professional in that sense, because I have no room for error. Otherwise I would lose that opportunity. Mm. There's not a lot of tolerance, is it? No. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and lighten the mood up a bit. It might, mind you, yes, it might, thank be, you. It might be a sad story. Um, um, do you have, I always often ask people this, because I've had quite a few funny ones. Uh, have you had any memorable or funny stories when you're on stage, like something's gone wrong or something's happened that sticks in your mind? Right. Um. Yes, I mean, especially with the musical, to be honest, there are so many things you know, that have been really hilarious. And, I feel uh, there should be something with leggings involved with that musical. I mean, it's such like <laughs> it's such a tight uniform. It is, it is, but actually, it, it's actually quite comfortable. It's not, it's not bad. Um, sometimes it does get stuck, you know, with the drum kit, and you know, you you lose that momentum. Like you're about to hit the snare so hard, and then suddenly the stick gets stuck in the sort of leather plastic pants, and then you know, trousers. <laughs> that, you know you, you don't get that hit you know or something like that. but yeah um there they have been funny moments and and you know one always tries to be professional and sometimes you just can't and uh laughter like completely beats you and at some point I just cannot even feel my body of how hard I'm laughing inside but how I cannot show it because I'm on stage you know and everybody's just trying their best you know to keep it together but uh, <laughs> at some point you just let go um, yeah, I have many stories, but like, obviously, I cannot remember a single one right now when I'm talking to you. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to try that much. Okay. I have two Hannah questions for you. Okay, go for it. <laughs> so the first one is, uh, and you might not know this, this, uh, this radio show. Um, do you know Desert Island Discs? No. Okay, it's been going on for many years. It's a great podcast. Uh, I recommend it. And um, 
And what it is, is they have a, a celebrity on there or someone of importance. And the whole pro the whole show is about what uh, tracks mean things for your life. And then you have to pick one that you would take to your desert island. Right. So what okay. musical track or album would you take with you? What would be the one thing? Oh, there's so many. But um, I would take, and I'm not going to be like everyone else that would say Africa uh, by Toto. No. I would take Revelation by the Yellow Jackets. Ah, okay. Yeah. Why? It's such a hope, like hopeful, joyful tune, and it's so well written, and the lyrics are also amazing. So, um, if I need to have a very nice day and not feel very lonely in that desert island, I'll definitely listen to Revelation. <laughs> Great, I'm going to check that out. Yes, yeah, check the version with take take six. Actually, uh, they're singing um, with them live from. I think it's live from Oakland. Yeah. Very mm -hmm. nice. I'll send you the link. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last Hannah question is, which might be tricky after what you've been describing about the new album. What is your favorite time signature? Oh, man. Ah. <laughs> I don't want to sound mediocre and I'm not going to say four. <laughs> <laughs> I like 12, to be honest. Yeah, it has it. It gives it a nice, you know, feel. Um, and obviously, you know, I could say five or seven just because it keeps you on your toes. And um, I think five is a nice one that you can just use in so many different styles, and it throws people off. Seven also does that. So yeah, I would go with five or seven. Okay, we've played a tune of mine in five, haven't we? It did throw a few people yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank goodness it didn't throw me off. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for giving me your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Hannah. And I hope it goes well on the 2nd of December at Jazz Cafe Posk. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely um, share some, some content um, after the gig on socials, as you know. Uh, right. And yeah, hope, uh, hope people can join us for that. Thank you.